Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. My hello there and a good sunny Monday morning to you. It is uh, June 29th. And uh, other than that blue sky and sun out there, I don't... I don't know that there's much good to report on, as you well know. Well, Allegheny County's uh, short-lived experiment with with almost normal living has gone quickly awry. I, I, all last week, kept noting, as you know, um, the rising numbers of new cases uh, with some alarm. Um, The... County Health Department puts out its numbers every day on the dot at 11 uh, a.m. And uh, I hang around. Usually the show's still going on, and I, I share those numbers with you. For so long, those numbers were comfortably low, often single digit. And that's what got us to, you know, to green. And a lot of people must have thought green meant it's over, we're we're free. And out they went, determined to live their lives as they had. And um and now we're in worse shape now than we were at the beginning of this. Um I was a voice of doom from the beginning saying, I thought this opening up was too soon. And I, I just don't think we're, we're capable of of doing this, are we? Um, If I see one more picture of a Pittsburgh bar with just People shoulder to shoulder, not a mask to be seen, not even the bartender wearing a mask. Um, And this is what is the result. I don't understand what people are, are thinking, or perhaps they're not. There's, I guess, I don't know, I guess... Americans in particular have, we've become soft and spoiled and used to getting our way. And I'm talking about white Americans. And um, we simply are not able, apparently, in enough numbers to rise to this occasion, which is asking for sacrifice. So young people who think, well, it ain't killing us. I could be sick for a few weeks. I I need to get my life back. Are 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 showing themselves incapable of thinking beyond their own immediate desires. I think of all the healthcare workers who are going to have to deal with these idiots, and some of those healthcare workers are not young. And they will die, some. I, it is beyond me. 
I feel like the young people in the streets will save us and the young people in the bars will kill us. Here is the um, word for word what the Allegheny County Health Department put out yesterday. The on-site consumption of alcohol at bars, restaurants, or any other business establishment in Allegheny County is prohibited until further notice. So, I mean, right there, right there, they wanted to go to bars. Well, they did. They went. They ignored, as did the bars, the rules for being able to go to bars, the social distancing rules, the fact that the bartenders and they should be wearing masks, the fact that everybody can't, and, and voila, it gets taken away. The bars close. Why is it always the? It always is the reason there are so many rules and laws that we must live by is not because the majority of us would do the behaviors that are being that are are being pre- prevented or attempting to. I can't think of the goddamn word. Um, most of us, I don't need a bunch of, I, I, I just, you know, if, if you just live by the, um, if you just live by not choosing to harm others, to treat others as you would treat yourself, assuming you're not a masochist, um, you wouldn't need many rules. But there are obviously a lot of people who, without rules, sort of run, you know, they go berserk. And consequently, society must create rules and punishments and then we all become constrained because some cannot live in a socially responsible way it drives me crazy i mean it was ever thus right you learned it in school Like uh, one or two kids would act up and the whole class would end up, you know, not having recess or something. It's always a minority that creates a situation where, well, it's what parents always say. And that's why you can't have nice things. I don't know. Depressing. Well, this, uh, I can't imagine. Um, this is going to take down a lot of establishments and this is exactly what I said was going to happen we're going to open up there's going to be spikes then we're going to close back down then we're going to open up and then we're going to close and we're going to be on this roller coaster for I don't know years the rest of our lives. I actually think personally 
that it's probably more dangerous now for me than it has ever been because there are more cases now. The virus is spreading more, is is out there more uh, where I live. And so I, who had been sort of venturing out, I've been going to do my own shopping, um, I might have to go back to where I was when this thing started, which is really hunkering down at home. Not having friends in the backyard. I don't know. Thanks a lot is all I want to say. Fucking idiots. The county went so far as to also say this. Okay, you can restaurants can stay open, but they can't serve liquor, which means for many of them, there's no reason to stay open. That's where they make the money. Um, and if a restaurant is open, they have to maintain this six-foot uh, distancing and um, no more than 50% uh, of their normal occupancy. And see, these rules, were they, they were there and they weren't being followed. Well, here we go. Also, it says that face masks must be worn by customers while at the table of restaurants, providing in-person dining. And if you want to take a bite, you pull it down and put some food in and put it back up. Well, who wants to do that? So we've essentially closed it back down in terms of alcohol on food. Because it turns out we were incapable of, of doing it in a socially responsible manner. Too bad for us. Oh, guys, um, th- that which I have been so fearful of has, has happened which is to say that uh, Pittsburgh City Paper has um, has had to begin laying off staff. Don't have the money uh, to do to put out a newspaper anymore and to pay people. I'm going to share with you um, what the editor. Uh, Lisa Cunningham wrote in announcing this. And I will again beg you, if you have the wherewithal, to um, support this paper in any way you can. I'm still here, but I'm not sure that's going to last either. Here's what Lisa said. The past few months have been some of the hardest in my 20-plus years at Pittsburgh City Paper. With periods of uncertainty, watching our small staff of under 20 full-time employees work their tails off to keep our publication going during this pandemic. But today was without a doubt the hardest. To 
today, I'm, I'm skipping over some stuff here. Today we had to bring company-wide cuts in order to ensure that our paper survives. The hits are devastating and they will be noticeable. But for the most part, we are optimistic they will largely be temporary. I don't know where she gets that. The managing editor, Alex Gordon, who I adore, has been let go. Senior arts writer, Amanda Waltz, who's a marvelous woman, are going, is, has been let go. Our, the sales and events sponsorship manager is already gone. Events and marketing coordinator, two graphic design. Oh God, designers anywhere. Anyway, I'm sorry. These furloughs are based only on financial reasons, not for any of the performances of those now out of work. These are incredibly talented people who the paper wants to bring back. And Lisa says, and if you know anyone with big foundation money or deep pockets who might want to buy an ad, call us, call us, call us. Oh, God, she laid off Josh, too. Digital media manager. Oh. I've told you about him. He was... I forget where it is. It's somewhere in the North Hills. He um, he went to vote last year, and um, it was like uh, for his uh, local uh, board, uh, one of the races. And um, I I can't remember exactly why, but he he just as a he. He's a joker. He wrote his own name in. And he got elected. <laughs> what he got elected. And he he ended up on the on the board of the whatever municipality. And I'm sorry, I'm not remembering which one. And oh my God. I mean, it's been a real, so that's all he's going to have to do now, and that doesn't pay, obviously. He's got young children. Oh, God almighty. Lisa and others um, will take uh, pay cuts, give up their vacation pay. They're doing everything they can, but the the paper is going to get thinner and thinner because they don't have advertising. So if you haven't become a member, please do. Please do. And don't let them send you a T-shirt. You don't need a T-shirt. Um, and, you know, you could buy that cookbook that they put out. Half of the proceeds of that go to uh, 412 Food Rescue. A one-year subscription to the paper is $250. A six-month subscription, $150. And a six-week subscription, $32. 
And Lisa says, thank you from the bottom of all our hearts for your continued support. But I cannot stress this enough. In addition to people supporting our editorial product by reading us, we also need financial support. And our doors, our emails, our phones, our pockets are open for any ideas you may have. So just want you to know that that's the current uh, situation and it's not good. Not good. So we need some good news. Oh, that's not good news. It's a death. Damn it. I do. I have two de- death-related things, but they don't have any, but they're, uh, they're both natural causes, okay? So, um, but it's, it's not any of this horror. It's not, uh, it's not Trump uh, letting Russians put out bounties on, uh, on American soldiers. It's not uh, Trump tweeting, uh, tweeting uh, white power uh, videos. It's uh, none of that. Um, just two stories that I found really interesting and, and I can share with you so we can stop thinking about all the troubles that are endless. Um, how about this? Obit. Uh, one of the most iconic films of, um, of, a certain era, I guess, the 60s, um, was The Graduate, of of course. And um, The Graduate, starring uh, Dustin Hoffman, it came out in uh, 1967 and uh, widely believed to um, give voice to a uh, generation's uh, confusion and uh, rejection of tradition and uh, materialism and all of that. Um, And, uh, you know, whatever. (sighs) Anyway, it came from a book called The Graduate, which was written by a guy named Charles Webb. And it is Charles Webb's obituary that I'm looking at right now he he died um in england uh where he and his wife had moved after raising their children here um is dead at 81 uh years um he it turns out is a piece of work as was his wife who predeceased him um I never knew this. He wrote The Graduate uh, very soon after he graduated from college here. And it was based in large part pretty much on on his own life, his own romance with uh, the woman who was to become his his wife. He uh, met her at college. He was at Williams College where my brother taught for a while, and she was at Bennington. And they were both from very, very wealthy families. And uh, his mother, or her mother, so disapproved of him. 
And that disapproval became the basis for <laughs> the book he wrote, The Graduate. Um, the mother insisted on a big traditional wedding, um, but that wedding was a total contradiction to the way they wanted to live their lives. So after they married, they sold all their wedding gifts back to the guests and then donated the money they got to charity. And this is what they continue to do throughout their life. Because as someone who knew him well said, he had a very odd relationship with money. He never wanted any. So he and his, his wife, who called herself Fred, that was not her given name, um, gave away homes, gave away uh, paintings, and I'm not just saying any paintings. Uh, they had, you know, paintings by Warhol and Rauschenberg and <laughs> Lichtenstein. Uh, they gave away anything that came to them by virtue of their family's wealth. They didn't want it. But obviously, he, he sold the book's rights uh, because we know there was that film that we all know, The Graduate, directed by Mike Nichols, right? A um, lot of people made tons of money off that movie, but not him. He gave it all away. He gave away his inheritance, which was huge. He gave away the royalties from the graduate, which, you know, millions upon millions of dollars. He gave that away, the royalties, to the Anti-Defamation League. He said, when you run out of money, it's a purifying experience. It focuses the mind like nothing else. I mean, they weren't kidding. They lived their entire lives with one change of clothes. Almost no furniture. They raised two sons. One is whom is a and homeschooled him, a director and consultant at some research firm. <laughs> the other is a performance artist who once cooked a copy of The Graduate and then ate it with cranberry sauce. At one point, they simply lived in a Volkswagen bus, driving from one campground to, to another. He worked jobs, so they had, you know, to buy the gas and some food. He worked uh, as a clerk at a Kmart. He worked as an itinerant farm worker. 
He worked cleaning houses. And to him, the success of the graduate was, you know, a burden. A burden. Because the only way he could handle living, or the only way he could feel free, was to absolutely eschew, give up any material trappings. So there you have it. I did not know that. It certainly brings uh, more interest to the story itself to realize that he wrote it after graduating from Williams, the graduate, and he was talking pretty much about his love for Fred um, and and his disgust at the traditional Eisenhower era fifties ish uh America. So hmm. Charles Webb. Um and hang on. I have a caller. Okay. Go ahead, please. Oh. Hi, Lynn Cullen Live. About the bars, yeah. um, I couldn't figure out when they opened them. I think our, our poor governor was kind of relying on the bar owners to be responsible. And I think a lot of them were. Yes, but yes. To open bars, the only reason someone would want to even go to a bar is to disobey the guidelines. Nobody, nobody under... 70 wants to go to a bar and sit uh, six feet apart from someone <laughs> or sit in a corner with a mask on. I mean, why? why that just sounds unbelievably yeah. sad and pathetic, unless you're like me, because I enjoy an old man's bar like that. You know, you yeah. would go in and sometimes day drink, you would be usually 12 feet apart from anyone, and you would just sit there and talk to yourself and just occasionally yell something out at whatever's on the TV or maybe to the bartender or there's someone who's sitting 12 feet away from you also day drinking. So I don't mind that kind of solitude drinking, but I don't think that's what they meant <laughs> when they said, <laughs> open up the bars. <laughs> well, that's what another one for Harvey. That's what the, the, yeah, right. Well, but that's what the young people heard. They, you know, I'm trying to remember, you know, being in my twenties and feeling, I mean, God, but what are they thinking? Are they really, do they really think that they're, yeah, they do, that they're invincible. Oh, Lynn, I think you and I both can kind of relate to that. Yes, Yes. I didn't get as lax as you did. I I didn't even have people in my backyard, but I would uh. actually open the door when the uh, DoorDash guy would come. And I was like, <laughs> before that, I wouldn't even open the door. I would just peek through the blinds. I'm like, yeah, 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 I tipped you already. Okay, go away. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I'm getting lax. 
And it's not that it's that hard for me. I'm lucky enough. I mean, our career's ruined now. We were finally getting somewhere after fucking 40 years. And now uh, 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 we were supposed to be on tour all this summer playing, uh, guess what, festivals in Europe. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that's... Look, look, like I said, I'm an old man day drinker. I'm not going to be alive. By the time festivals are going to be able to happen again with thousands of people you know, uh, at a rock concert, doing what people want to do at a rock concert, be close to each other, not sitting in a car or 20 feet away from each other wearing masks. I don't think that's ever going to happen again in my lifetime. So I better, uh, you think I better, I mean, you think think I I might want to rethink my career choice? Yes, I think, you know, it's never too late. <laughs> I mean, my God, you know uh, what? I'd be a garbage dispatcher. Oh, God, you know, listen, I was thinking, because I have a friend who also is a, a, you know, a musician who that's what she wants to do. And she's she plays for nothing. I mean, she would kill to have your success and and uh, and tenure. I mean, 40 years, you're band's been alive it's amazing barely we've actually been on life support (laughs) for at least 35 okay but you're there you're making you're 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 making music if not money you're touring you're you're getting the all of that you had and so many don't even get that much and how many musicians are going down with this oh my god how many bands i am very, 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 very blessed. I have so many memories, so many. I can't even think of a country that we haven't been to, uh, <laughs> except the illegal ones. We've traveled the world. We've met so many great people. We still have so much love from around the world. That, like I said, we're even supposed to be on tour now. And, and you know, it's just, uh, I, this is a, a, such a weird thing that uh, uh, restaurants and entertainment and bars and uh, music, uh, live music is probably never going to be the same again. No. No. I mean, other businesses like working from home, oh, of course, finances or, you know, doing this or that, push a paper around. You can do that from home. You can do it from computers. But uh, the idea of live music, I am not sure. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see. Hey, well, Bob, Bob, Bob. Oh, Lynn. What? I know my new career choice. What is it? Virtual porn. Oh, jeez, please. I'm going to, uh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to make this movie called uh, For a Few Inches More. <laughs> All right, you. Listen, I'm All sure right. there's a million people way ahead of you with virtual porn. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Is it that way, well, way ahead of you. Well, that's always something that immediately arises in situations like that's this. Right. Right? That's right. People are at home and like the it, biggest thing. I told my brother, you're in stocks, right? Invest in Campbell's Soup and Porn. porn. Yeah, well, really. Porn, I don't even know Pornhub is like a publicly traded business. <laughs> but, man, if you're in the stock market, soup, Pornhub. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really, that is a that's one of those evergreen, always. I mean, it's a gold star, blue chip, that always porn. Well, it's always the first thing any new technology gets yes. evolved. Right. The first thing that new technology does is porn. You know, what whether a- it's computers or videotapes or the phones, <laughs> the first thing they do is 
porn because yeah, that's where the money is. That's where the clicks are. All right, sweetie. I'm sorry I kept you so long. No, <laughs> it's wonderful I'm to to talk to you and uh, be well. <laughs> thank oh, you. Thank you. You Bye. too. Take Bye. Take care. Bye. You. Bye. That's uh wow, Michael. Uh, his band, by the way, the Cynics. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Russ writes, I am almost fed up with these people. Almost? You mean the people who won't, can't follow rules. I am fed up. I am a social worker, he writes, who is trying to place foster youth in their forever homes. Oh, no. Oh, I mean, God bless you for that, but oh, no. They cannot be moved because of COVID precautions. People who cannot be cooped up or wear a mask should put themselves in the place of these children who cannot be moved into potential adoptive homes because these self-centered SOBs can't have the decency or self-discipline to wear a mask or physical distance. Children are not made to be quarantined, and these children are especially in a bind because they thought, oh, can you imagine, they thought they would be with their forever families by now. Russ ends with, wear your goddamn mask and stay six goddamn feet away and be compassionate to those you are keeping disadvantaged. Oh, one thing we're sadly learning is how many people are just incapable of of seeing beyond their own immediate desires. That's it. That's as far as they go. What a pathetic way to live. What an incredibly shallow, meaningless way to live. Ah. Free rights. I keep reading about layoffs and economic issues. I just wonder if we're just slowly sliding down a hill where we don't know how the slide will be or what's at the bottom. And still, there's no leadership, no national plan. Please explain this. <laughs> it cannot be any more obvious. Oh, my friend and his son in Houston have tested positive. It is very difficult to stay hopeful. We're in a, I don't, we just, we didn't get it, you know, we didn't get it. We couldn't come to terms with this uh, unwelcome reality. And uh, it'll come to terms with us. (laughs) I mean, we either either step up and do what needs to be done, and many of us have done that, but too, too many of us refuse. My God, there was a picture where the vice president was in Texas? Yeah, Texas. 
which is heading into New York City uh, territory at the height of their horror. He goes to Texas and goes to a church where a hundred-member white, white choir serenade him shoulder, no masks. I'm just looking at that one choir and thinking, good God, what is with these people? Their inability to take in reality. I just don't, I don't understand it. The Supreme Court has uh, struck down a ludicrously restrictive Louisiana abortion law. Even even this Trump court couldn't couldn't let that one stand. It's not like it's a great uh, you know. I mean, it was unconstitutional on its face. I'm going to keep this other sort of good one. Uh, there is, uh, guys, I, I don't usually like to just flat out read something, and I'm not. I've, I've heavily edited it. This is the best thing I've read for a long time um, about tearing down monuments about history, who owns it, you know? Who owns our history? How, who tells the story, right? This is a piece written by Carolyn Randall Williams. She is an author. And I'll just, as I said, I've, I've cut it down. But boy, listen to this. She writes from Nashville. I have rape-colored skin. My light brown blackness is a living testament to the rules, the practices, the causes of the Old South. If there are those who want to remember the legacy of the Confederacy, if they want monuments, well, then my body is a monument. My skin is a monument. I am a black Southern woman. And of my immediate white male ancestors, all of them were rapists. My very existence is a relic of slavery and Jim Crow. I am the descendant of black women who were domestic servants and white men who raped them. I am more than half white, and none of it 
was consensual. White Southern men, my ancestors, took what they wanted from women they did not love, over whom they had extraordinary power, and then failed to claim their children. What is a monument but a standing memory? An artifact to make tangible the truth of the past. My body and blood are a tangible truth of the South and its past. The black people I come from were owned by the white people I come from. The white people I come from fought and died for their lost cause. And I ask you now, who dares to tell me to celebrate them? Who dares to ask me to accept their mounted pedestals? I don't just come from the South. I come from Confederates. I've got rebel gray blue blood coursing my veins. My great-grandfather, Will, was raised with the knowledge that Edmund Pettus was his father. Pettus, the storied Confederate general, the grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan, the man for whom Selma's bloody Sunday bridge is named. So I am not an outsider making demands. I am a great, great granddaughter. Among the apologists for the Southern cause and for its monuments, there are those who dismiss the hardships of the past. They imagine a world of benevolent masters and speak with misty eyes of gentility and honor in the land. They deny plantation rape or explain it away or question the degree of frequency with which it occurred. To those people, it is my privilege to say, I am proof. I am proof that whatever else the South might have been or might believe itself to be, it was and is a space whose prosperity and sense of romance and nostalgia were built upon a grievous exploitation of black life. The dream version of the Old South, it never existed. Any manufactured monument to that time in that place tells half a truth at best. The ideas and ideals it purports to honor are not real. To those who have embraced these delusions, now is the time to re-examine. Either you have been blind to a truth that my body's story forces you to see, or you really do mean to honor 
the oppressors at the expense of the oppressed. And you must at last acknowledge your emotional investment in a legacy of hate. Think of that. All the black people that you know whose skin tells you that story. They are the living embodiment of the South, of slavery, of Jim Crow. Their skin alone shouts it. I just think that is so extraordinarily powerful. And and I I did skip over stuff. So amazing. I uh, mentioned uh when I was talking about uh, the graduate I mentioned, you know, it was the Eisenhower era that was being rebelled against by us in the 60s. And it reminded me that I came across a quote from Dwight David Eisenhower uh, the other day that just blew my mind. What an honorable man he was. And if he could see what has happened to the party he belonged to and represented, he would be sick at heart. Because he said this in March of 1956. If a political party does not have its foundation in the determination to advance a cause that is right and that is moral, then it is not a political party. It is merely a conspiracy to seize power. That is an absolute, right there in a nutshell, a definition of today's Republican Party. In thrall to Donald Trump. Even doing a softball interview with Sean Hannity, Trump, the other day, was incapable of answering the question of what his second term would accomplish. I don't know if you, you know, treated yourself to the response. The response was incoherent and clearly showed he has no Agenda. None. Just to retain power. 
Hannity looked incredibly freaked, by the way. So here you have, yeah, today's Republican Party, a party that does not have at its foundation anymore the determination to advance a cause that is moral and that it deems right. And Dwight Eisenhower would tell these so-called Republicans today, they are not Republicans in any way of what that party once was. They have destroyed that party. It doesn't exist anymore. It is not a political party, according to Eisenhower. It is no longer a political party. It is merely a conspiracy to seize and retain power. And that quite clearly is what it has been for some time now and become. Um, one of the things that happened, uh, since we last spoke that I found, uh, heartening is corporate, uh, America turning on Zuckerberg and Facebook. I mean, we'll see how far this goes. Uh, Facebook's, uh, share price sank 8% Friday. Um, and uh, that is a result of increasing numbers of companies pulling their advertising until Facebook starts to moderate the lies and hate they allow on their platform. Now, you know, the reality is you got big guys like Coca-Cola doing it. What they've done is pull their ads from uh, from Facebook in the U.S. I don't think that's the case, you know, globally or anything. I think these companies, a lot of them are still giving him lots of money. But he's just not getting quite as much um, oh, Zuckerberg's net wealth was down an estimated $7.2 billion as of Saturday. Why, he's practically impoverished. Coca-Cola this weekend joined the hashtag stop hate for profit. Now, this is a campaign that uh, was started uh, by, um, I want to get the exact group. Uh, Not finding it. Some of the um, civil rights groups and uh, also by, uh, I believe, the Anti-Defamation League or Maybe, I think. Uh, Unilever, 
Hershey Company, North Face, Verizon, uh, Coke, um, others started with smaller operations like North Face and Ben and Jerry's, you know, the usual suspects. But the fact that it got broadened to uh, these big and mainline uh, brands uh, shows the power right now of these American civil rights organizations. And, man, they need to keep it up. Um, hang on. Beth writes about ideas for city paper. In listening to Michael, it made me think of a fundraiser for city paper. There must be a ton of local bands and musicians who cannot perform now. Why not do subscriber online concerts of these local artists? Also, T-shirts. They do have some T-shirts, but I'm not wild about them. Best suggests science equals truth or wear your face mask. Case selfish, wear a fucking mask. I don't know. It's a, it's an idea. The problem is, is that to organize that kind of thing, you've got now a, a decimated staff trying to put out the paper. And um, I don't know. Anyone want to volunteer to do that kind of thing? Anyone who's got time on their hands and ability? Step up and save this scrappy, wonderful little paper and the wonderful people who who work so hard putting it out. Um... All right. And this other thing that I have. By the way, um, I don't know if any of you watched the uh, BET Awards last night. It was on CBS. Um, man, their opening video was mind-blowingly good. And much of the talent, it was just two hours of extraordinary talent, a reminder that so much of the culture that America exports to the world and that the world gobbles up is coming from black America. Black America. Just drowning in talent and artistic, creative, extraordinary output. Just extraordinary. I don't think I saw a white face for two hours, and I was thinking, you know what? This is like 
watching TV and seeing just like black people in everything. You watch black sitcoms, black movies, black. And this is like, a little bit like, can't be really like, you know, watching a world that you don't, you would stick out in if you're white. You would not fit in. And you get just the slightest hint of what it is like to grow up as black in this country and be fed the television that they had to watch and the movies where somehow they are disappeared. They don't exist. Oh, every once in a while in some menial capacity or walk on or whatever. Yeah. Wow. Boy, this is a reckoning. Thank God for it. And if white people, if we're uncomfortable, black people have been more than uncomfortable for 400 years on these shores. Yeah. Okay, finally, I have another death to report. I'm sorry about it. Maurice. I told you about Maurice. Gosh, I don't know. A few months ago, three, four months ago. Such a great story. Maurice, the French rooster. Maurice, who became a a national hero in France because he was sued, well, technically his owner, Corinne Fesso was sued, but he too, he and his owner actually, yes, were sued by some folks who came to their coastal small town on vacation and who found his morning crowing unbearable. They sued because a rooster was crowing. And man, this went, I mean, people went berserk. And, um, you know, the rooster got a lawyer, Julian Papineau, who said, this rooster is not being unbearable. He's being a rooster. (coughs) The judge um, ultimately, of course, agreed. And, um, and, said that Maurice could continue to crow. And in fact, I think he was uh, awarded some some money. (laughs) I don't know if all of that just got to him and he couldn't take it anymore. It was stressful. Anyway, he was found dead. 
and it appears uh, that he died of a respiratory infection, like a lot of other people. Roger Cohen imagined his last will and testament. I'll read a little bit. I am not a hero. I spoke my own truth. The sun sets, the sun rises. Shaking my wattles, raising my head, I had to greet the morning. I could never resist, and why should I? I had to crow. This was my particular joy, my particular thing. Each of us has one. Honor it. I'm sorry to have caused a fuss. I never wanted to annoy anyone. I know those city people wanted their peace. They'd been saving for their summer vacation. Perhaps what they missed is that a sound like my crowing or a ship's foghorn or a train whistle may form part of the peace of a place. I will miss the little familiar sounds that offer comfort. May peace spread across the earth, but please do not confuse peace with silence. That from uh, Maurice. Okay, I'm... I'm pretty much done here, although I'm hanging on for the uh, COVID report, God help us. Um, for those of you who don't really watch it, it was uh, it's just been going up, up, up. It was 90 new cases on Saturday. It was 96 cases yesterday. These are the highest ever in um, in Allegheny County since this thing began and actually makes us into uh, a genuine hotspot. So there you have it, and I want to tip my hat to all you nitwits, idiots, selfish fools who have now re-shut down the bars and a lot of restaurants because you couldn't do it in a proper way. Sad. Okay, well, I'm not going to wait much longer for this. Um, oh, I can share this with you while we're here. So, you know, fracking is a big to-do around here. A lot of people made a lot of money on it. The biggest uh, purveyors of uh, fracking uh, w- was a company called Chesapeake Energy Corporation, uh, it filed for bankruptcy yesterday. I think um, I, I've i mentioned this for months and months, that the fracking boom is dead. Wall Street Journal reports today that more than 200 shale companies might file for bankruptcy over the next two years. 
Chesapeake, though, and its owner was like the first to figure fracking and made a bundle uh, off it. Bankrupt. And Pennsylvania consistently refused to tax these operations to make some money for us, for the people. Oh, there was a little bit fees that were paid, but mm -mm. even Texas, even Texas taxed these kinds of operations. But not the Pennsylvania legislature who rolled over, just rolled over. thinking there was some endless supply here. Hmm. And I, I'm i going to wait for just a little bit longer for the report. If it doesn't come, I'll say goodbye. I just wanted to share with you uh, the, the latest, I guess, on um, the reaction to the knowledge now that uh, despite denials, the White House was aware and had been briefed about uh, the fact that the Russians had offered and in fact were paying bounties to anyone in Afghanistan who would kill American soldiers. And they did pay out bounties in 2019. The reason apparently intelligence officers, our intelligence officers and special ops forces in Afghanistan were alerting their superiors back in Washington in January about this Russian plot to pay bounties to the Taliban to kill American troops. The special ops had, on a raid on a, a Taliban outpost, had come upon a large amount of American cash which is what the Russians were using. And through interrogation of captured Taliban, uh, they learned about this operation. That this was known, and even after it was known, the president continued to not only do nothing about it, nothing about it, But he continued to be palsy-walsy with Putin. Phone calls, appreciations, people have said this is like, I mean, this is like treasonous behavior. And Republicans, some, 
are freaking out. And Kinsinger, Republican member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, is saying this needs to be needs to immediately. The president needs to immediately expose and handle this. <coughs> yeah, but if that <coughs> that was not his inclination, obviously. In fact, Trump, as usual, lied. And the people around him are muttering and mumbling and not answering reporters' uh, questions. The president said he was never briefed. <coughs> and then he went on to describe the intelligence report as being about, quote, so-called attacks on our troops by Russians. He even suggested it was a hoax. Good God. So, there it is. All right, well, I think I'll say goodbye. I'm I'm leery of this next number anyway, but um, we'll know soon enough. So, thank you um, very much. And again, I cannot stress enough that if there's any way you could support Pittsburgh City Paper monetarily or can figure out a way to get some ad dollars there. They are desperate. And as they go, so go I. Enjoy the sun. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.